story brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your host, Johnny T. And today, my guest is Debbie Adams. Debbie's been a lifelong author from childhood, has published a couple of books, and has a strong faith in Jesus. So we're going to get right to that. Debbie, how are you today? I am doing good, and thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you here. So I understand that you've been writing for the early days of your childhoods. So let me ask you, what started that interest in writing, and how did your journey of faith tie in with that? I grew up on a farm, and we had a barn with hay and cows and all of that. And I love reading. My dad is an avid reader, and I grew up with him taking me to the library because I love reading just like he did. And I would take my books and a lot of times and go up in the loft in the barn and read. And then as I grew older, I took pieces of paper up there with me and just whatever kind of story hit my brain, I would write it down. And it was just short stories. They probably didn't make sense back then. But I think God started me on my journey of becoming an author way back then because I've always loved reading. I still love reading. And I've got several author friends, and I've always bought their books in the past. And then God just impressed on my heart is, I guess, about three years ago, why don't you become an author? Why don't you tell your story? Because you have a testimony. And that is pretty much how I started writing my books. Okay, so let's unpack that bit about your testimony. So maybe you can share some of that with our audience. I've got a testimony of faith. And I think that is why God has called me to be a Christian author. And I had cancer. It will be 15 years ago next month. And I'm cancer-free, thank the Lord. And God carried me through that. And anytime anyone hears cancer word when they go to the doctor, that's not ever a good feeling. And it felt just like somebody had stabbed me in my chest when he told me that. And so I leaned on God, and God gave me a Bible verse back then, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all in heart, lead not unto their own understanding, and God will direct your path. And the whole time when I would go get treatment, I didn't have to do chemo, but I did do radiation. The whole time when I went to get treatment, I had peace, and that was the peace of God. And God promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's what this book is about, divine promises. That is one of the promises that I talk about in there, and that's my favorite promise, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And when I went to get my treatment, they always say, you have a smile on your face. Why are you always smiling coming in here? And I knew it was a piece of God that was allowing me to go in there and treatment, whether it's radiation or chemo, isn't ever a good thing. But I knew it was God allowing me to show other people that I have the peace of God within me. And so that's what I told him. I said, I don't have any other way to come in here other than smiling because it's all about Jesus. I have Jesus in So that's basically my testimony. So were you raised in a Christian home or did you come to faith in Jesus on your own? Yes, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents, my brother, 
We went to church every time the doors were open, and I grew up that way. I didn't come to know Jesus until I was in college, but I was in church all the time. Yeah, the Bible says that if we raise up a child in the way they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. Mm-hmm. So all those lessons and things your parents were demonstrating to you about the reality of Christ came to fruition when you were in college. Yes, yes. Yes, I, I went, we lived in Louisiana at the time, and we're originally from Tennessee. And so my dad got transferred down there with his job. And we had went to church that night, and it was a revival, and uh, God just spoke to my heart. And I didn't go walk the aisle then, but I knew when I got home that I should have. And so as soon as I got home, I went and talked to my mom, and she's the one that led me to the Lord and showed me what I needed to do. Well, that's a precious thing for sure that you can share that new beginning life with your loved ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an important point too, because we hear a lot about people, we all have different experiences coming to Jesus and people can go to a revival type meeting or a church service and feel their heart pounding and feel drawn to the Lord. And if they decide for whatever reason, they listen, the enemy puts fear in them or something, or they just say, no, I'm, I'm not sure, but God was drawing them and they walk away from that. Then the enemy can come along and condemn people and say, Mm -hmm. well, you missed your chance. Like that was it type of thing. Mm -hmm. Did you go through some of that too? Or was it like uh, really close together when you left the service and gave your heart to the Lord? When I left the service, I remember that I had this pressing on my heart or urging, some kind of urging and telling me you should have did something in that church service. And it was just pounding on my heart. And I went to my room as soon as I got home. And I sat in there by myself for a while, just thinking about it. It's like, oh my, what am I supposed to do next? And then that's when I went and got my mom. And I was like, I need to talk to you about something. And and then I told her that it felt like I needed to walk the aisle at church, but I didn't. And I said, I need your help to show me what I need to do. And there was a continuous thing right there from the church going back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So when you went back to college, did your friends notice the change right away? Did you find that you were really excited to share your newfound faith with your friends and your peers? Yes, I was. I wanted to tell everybody about it. And yes, they did notice that I always smiled all the time anyway. I was happy. I tried to be happy all the time. But they did notice that I was a little more joyful when they met me. I was smiling more, and it's like, okay, what's happened? And then I I would tell them. And a lot of my friends were already people that went to church anyway, but there Mm. were a few in there at college that I was friends with that I did tell them. Yeah, it's really important to let people know when you made that decision, because Mm. God comes alive in our hearts, and He asks us to share that with others. So good on you for doing that. Your first book called Unlocking the Code to Bliss, I'm assuming that your journey there led to authoring that book. So what started you writing that book, and and how did God help you through putting that together? Because you talk about unlocking the code to bliss, and that's something that not everybody experiences in life. The first book, that was back when God told me that I needed to share my testimony and write a print book, which I did put my actual testimony on an ebook on Amazon. And then God said, no, that's not enough. You need to put something in print. 
And my second book is more about my testimony, putting it in print like God wanted it. But I had no idea on how to write a book. And so I kept telling, ebook was easy. You just put it out there. Hmm. And so I kept telling God, I have no idea. I had several author friends, but I didn't want to dare ask them, hey, how do you write a book? And so I started following this lady. Uh, it was about the time that all that COVID stuff happened. Shoot. And I started following this lady on Facebook, Michelle Moore Winder. And it was a friend of mine that told me I needed to start following her. And it was all mainly political. She did put a little bit of Bible because she did Facebook Live every night. And come to find out, she's a Christian author. And so she had a book club for one of her books. And then at the end of the book club, she had a retreat for everybody that was in the book club to come. She lives in California to come to San Diego. And so she said she was going to do her retreat on the basics of writing a book, the step-by-step, how you need to do it. And so I thought, okay, I'm thinking to myself, maybe I should go to that. And she made a point to put a comment on one of her posts that she made on Facebook that I needed to come to that retreat. And so I thought, okay, that's God. That has to be God telling her I need to be there. So I went to the retreat, learned a whole lot of information, and that's where the first book came from, Unlocking the Code to List. And I self-published that when she walked us through how you self-publish on Amazon and all that stuff. And Unlocking the Code to Bliss is basically how God has created our body to work. And it is about getting a healthy lifestyle. It's not a diet book. It's how God created your body to work, how you can change your lifestyle to have the bliss that God wants us to have the peace, the tranquility, and like sugar, processed sugar is poison to our body. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was eating a lot of sugar. So you don't really have to change your the way you eat, but just control your intake of different foods. And then get outside and enjoy God's creation. And I put a lot of that in the book. And it's just different ways on how you can get a healthy lifestyle and doing it God's way and like a diet, you can start it and then it's like, oh, I'm tired of it. And then you'll go back and need to do another diet. But if you get a healthy lifestyle, then you can just continue it and you're on the right track and you're doing it the way God wants us to do it. Yes. God, God designed us for sure. So he mm-hmm. always looks best for us. And the Bible says all things in moderation, right? So mm-hmm. when we live in a society that wants to force us to overindulge on everything. Yeah, that's that's good. Your second book, you talk about divine promises. So maybe give me a brief synopsis of what those promises are and how they impacted your life. My second book, Divine Promises, God spoke to my heart because I was going to be finished after the first book. And then God's like, no, you need to write something about my promises, how I have taken care of you over the years. And I put my testimony in there. And the promise of peace I've already talked about. He's got the promise of redemption, restoring brokenness. If you go through a bad relationship or whatever, promise of provision meeting every need, and 
with that one, he was there when I was out of a job and my unemployment was ending and I still didn't have any job possibilities. And it was just like immediate. As soon as my unemployment ended, God gave me a job. And then the promise of protection, finding security in God. And with that one, I talked about a tornado that I was in and how I was in the closet with my fur babies, my two dogs and my cat. And I was praying to God the whole time, just keep us safe through the storm. And my neighbor was either outside or looking out his window. And he said that he saw the tornado just sitting on top of our house. And I knew it was on top of our house because I heard, I've always heard it sound like a train. And I heard something sound like a train. And I'm like, okay, it must be on our house. And so my neighbor said that it sat there for like a minute and then it moved on. And so I talk about it in the book. And that's the hand of God. He protected me during that afternoon. And I talk about the promise of guidance, navigating life's path. And I talk about our life is a journey. And whatever we're going through, whether it's good, whether it's bad, if we're trying to have some kind of obstacle in our lives, I talk about how God will take care of us in our life's journey. Whatever we need, God is going to be there. And the promise of strength, that's another one where God will give us strength to deal with whatever situation or trouble that we're dealing with. And I already talked about the promise of peace. And then there's the promise of healing. And in that chapter, I talk about my aunt. My aunt had cancer and it went really fast. And so I talk about how her healing was God taking her home, hmm. even though it broke my heart to pieces. But I know where she's at. I know she's in a better place and she's out of pain. And she had some kind of sickness as early as in her childhood, all the way through adulthood. And yeah, when she was in the hospital, I even um, told her, I said, God can heal you of this cancer. And she immediately looked at me and she said, he's not going to heal me. Like she knew she was going home mm -hmm. and that helped me with that. And so I talk about in the book, how God helped me to see that he can speak to us and let us know when it's our time. And I believe that's what he did was my aunt. And then I talk about the promise of love, embracing unconditional love. And I talk about how God's love is unconditional and how we as humans in this fleshly body, we don't really know true unconditional love. We love our family, we love our spouses, our friends, but most of the time we'll put conditions on our love. And um, then the last chapter is the promise of eternal life. And I could have put that one as first, but I left that one as last because I wanted to display all the different ways that God promises that he will be there for us, that he will help us in our journey of life. And anybody that doesn't know Jesus, that is a roadmap for them. The way I've written it, that's a roadmap for them to see, yes, he did help the author get through this or get through that. And then I talk about eternal life, how there's heaven, there's hell. And you need to be sure of the promise of eternal life because one day you're, this earth is going to end. And so that's how I end the book. 
So that was a quick uh, summary of all the promises in the book. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm sure it's a great read. You talked about the peace that your aunt had, and I think there's a lot to be said for that because sometimes the Bible does tell us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he did heal us by mm-hmm. stripes. But as you said, there are times when that healing is going home to heaven. And it's important mm-hmm. for people to understand that. It's not that he's changed his mind or anything like that. It's just his will and his purpose. Some people, mm-hmm. he will heal completely. Some people, he may take away one or two things. Some people, he may not heal at all physically. But the peace that comes when we leave that over to God's will and not our own, we're not in a place to demand from God and say, well, you this and you know that, right? Like, mm-hmm. God knows exactly what he's doing. So so I think that's really important. And you talked about knowing for sure that you have eternal life. So how would you explain that to our audience? Because I'm sure some of them have a question. Maybe they've gone through some of these things already, or maybe they've made a commitment to the Lord, or maybe they haven't yet, but they felt that tugging on their heart. How would you explain to them about having that security in their salvation? First off, they need to understand that we as human in this fleshly body are born sinners. Mm-hmm. And God sent his son to die on the cross. And he rose again the third day to save us and wipe away our sins. And so when this earth ends, we will go to heaven to be with him, those that have asked him in their heart. And the eternal security is that God's sending his son and his, and Jesus dying on the cross and rising again the third day. That is his gift to us and a gift that he's not going to take back. Like if you give somebody a gift, just say you're walking down the street and you give, here's $20 to a stranger. You're not going to ask back because that's a gift. And that's the way Jesus is. He gave us a gift by suffering on Calvary's cross to pay for our sins, and he's not going to take that back. So anybody that asks him in their heart to come into their heart and save them, then they are secure in the knowledge that when they leave this earth, they will go to heaven and be with Jesus forever. Cool. So if somebody wants to get a hold of your book or read more about what you can offer them, where would they go? I've got a website, debbieadams.biz, B-I-Z, and all of my books are also on Amazon and they're on any online bookstore. I've got the uh, first one is only on Amazon, but the new one I've got on Amazon, Walmart.com, Target.com, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, and it's even at Chapters in Canada, the new one is. And my website has links. If they want to email me or message me, they can click on that too if they have any questions. Okay. Well, I have one last question for you. What's the one thing you would tell people about God? I would tell them that God is my life. That's what I would tell them. And you need to trust God to take care of you in your life because God has the real or in a plan for every one of us. And just Trust God, and if you don't know God, find somebody that can show you how to get to know God. Amen. Yeah, we do realize that God knows the beginning to the end. He knows our whole life. 
what's mm-hmm. past and what's coming. And, and we only see a minuscule part of it. So yeah, that's a good word for sure. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you and all the best with your new book. Well, thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. Okay. God bless. Let it be, 
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.